I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. It's a Monday on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. This is Sports Call Auburn, a program that has been on the air since 1995, bringing you all the latest coverage and news with Auburn Athletics. And Mondays during the fall are really exciting because we get an opportunity to talk about the Auburn football game that just was. An Auburn football game that went to overtime and saw the Tigers walk away with a victory 17 to 14 against Missouri and we're going to break all that down with our good buddy Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers who joins us here on the program. Jason, how would you describe the win for Auburn football on Saturday or are you even calling this thing a win? Well, it's a, it's a win, but I would say it's more of a Missouri loss than an Auburn win at this point. Um I, I, you know, I don't know that Auburn did a, a ton to win that game Saturday other than holding on and and they just kept playing. Um, they did that, but man, um, it sure felt like Missouri lost that game more than Auburn won it on Saturday. With this Auburn football team, we saw offensive struggles continue in the second half, and it's just the biggest question around this team. What happens inside that locker room and results with the team coming out on the field and their lack of offensive production in the second half? Is there anything that you're noticing, and, and how can they change that? Yeah, nothing. I mean, nothing that I'm noticing. Uh, it's you know, that's when adjustments happen. Um, you know, adjustments happen at halftime. Uh, once a team figures it out, then it becomes about guys making plays. Um, and right now, they don't have enough guys making plays. That, that's a lot of times what a second half is about. You can scheme in the first half, and you can scheme in the first quarter. But once once that's gone, and and the team says, okay, now we've seen what you got to show us. Then it's about players making plays, and that's why normally the better teams, um, you know, they win games in the second half in the fourth quarter. I think back in 2010 and 2013, those teams, that's what they did. And, and right now this team doesn't have enough guys making plays, especially offensively. Defensively, I thought they did some better things on Saturday, but offensively, um, just got to see if they can find a few plays here or there. They're just, you, there's not a ton of playmakers that jump out to you on this offense right now. Especially if you don't have time or or, or the ability to run the football, um, it makes it even tougher, and, and that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah. Uh, Jason, talking about the uh, offense a little bit, yeah, I mean you got some running backs, but I mean, and you could talk about the quarterback situation, wide receiver situation, but really the offensive line is where that all starts. And I mean, honestly, they're just terrible. Uh, it, what do you do there? Uh, and now you got some injuries starting to stack up. I mean. What do you do if you're Brian Harson? What do you do if you're Keesaw? I mean, what do you do to try to find some way to make something out of this offensive line? Yeah, well, you got to figure out a way to, to you know, get rid of the ball quick. I mean, I think, quite honestly, you got to do a lot of what Mercer and San Jose State did. To be quite honest, I think you got to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. Got to move the quarterback. Um, got to do some of those things. To me, that that's what you do to protect an offensive line. Uh, they just don't have an offensive line right now. It's going to line up and knock a bunch of people off the ball, and and um, you know they they want to run the football, and but I think you're going to have to, you know, we talked about this a lot during the Gus Malzahn era too. Sometimes you're going to have to throw to set up the run. Uh, you know, Robbie Ashford was five for five for 76 yards on first down Saturday. 
maybe you're gonna have to give him some more opportunities to throw the football early knowing that well you know what if you don't if you don't complete the first down pass and you're second long it, it's probably gonna be bad news but i mean when you're punting pretty much every possession anyway um you know sooner or later you're gonna have to score some points um you were able to beat missouri saturday um as fortunate as as you ever ever could be i mean they basically got an extra point to win the game and then you know they drop a ball going in the end zone it wins the game too you're not going to win many games like that um uh, there's a reason why you don't see very many like that and so um you may have some negative plays on offense but you got to find some positive plays and some big plays in a hurry and that means you got to be more aggressive on offense Jason, as bad as the offense looked on Saturday, the defense had its moments where it really came through. Uh, do you think that this defense is improving? Do you think it's getting better as the season goes along, or do you think that was more a result of uh, of playing against a bad Missouri team? Yeah, I, I think they, they did some things better Saturday. Missouri was not very good, though, and so that helped, obviously, uh, in that regard. The the thing I still have a question about is, you know, for all the things that defensively you did, you allowed Missouri to drive right down the field at the end of the game and, and should have kicked the game-winning field goal. And then you allowed a guy to, to break a run for what should have been a, a winning touchdown. And you didn't impact either one of those plays other than, you know, maybe the, the, the moment, the situation. Um, that's the thing I look at and go, man, is, is for as many plays as you made, that, that was still a Missouri team that put itself in a position to win the game and just couldn't do it. And so um, it was a step in the right direction. You got to be a whole, whole lot better beginning this week. Uh, you know, this LSU team that's got some playmakers. It's not Georgia, or Alabama, or or even Arkansas, or you know, Ole Miss. But it's it's an LSU team that's capable of scoring some points and got a defense that's playing pretty well too. Jason, it kind of seems like the writing's on the wall for Brian Harson. It's not really a matter of if, but when um, he uh, finishes up his time here at Auburn. Um, do you do you think that Brian Harson was ever given an opportunity to be successful uh, during his time here at Auburn? Yeah, I mean he's in his second year. That's a lot of people have won a lot of games in year two. I mean he's been given opportunity. Yeah, and he's he's still got an opportunity. He's still the coach, as far as I know. Yes, he's got opportunity. Hey, Jason, here's a question for you. Um, you're over there obviously a lot more than I am, but now I have been there before, and so I know the interactions that, that you and all the beat writers have with the coach. Has it kind of become a deal where, I mean, it, it feels like that Harson has gotten a little bit short and snippy with the media and obviously not telling the media full things with when it comes to TJ. Um, does it feel like that even the relationship between the media and Brian Harson has soured? No, I thought I thought today he was pretty good. I, I right. thought he was he was fine today. You know, last week obviously you're coming off a, a game like that, a disappointing performance against Penn State. I thought it was a little different last week, but you know, I, I mean, I thought he was I thought he was fine today. I mean, he came mm-hmm. with, and was pretty straightforward about Tate Johnson. He led off with it. Um, said, "Hey, TJ, TJ family's going to practice this week, and and they'll see kind of where he is." So, no, I, and I thought it was fine. I mean, it's it's different than it used to be, you know, 20 years ago, but that's just the way it is now. There's just not as much interaction between coaches and the media as there used to be, but that's just a byproduct of kind of the way everybody is nowadays, unfortunately. Uh, who, who's the baseball coach uh, before Butch Thompson, the one that had – he was very, here only briefly. Yeah, Sonny Galloway. Sonny Galloway. So we, we haven't reached Sonny Galloway point yet. No, 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 we're uh, – we're <laughs> 
Jason Caldwell here with us from inside the Auburn Tigers talking about this Auburn victory against Missouri and LSU coming up next. Jason, it's also the fifth of uh, five straight home games before Auburn walks away. Tell us a little bit more about this LSU team. What stood out to you? Yeah, I think you look at just uh, you know, Brian Kelly coming in, the guy that's won a bunch of football games in his career. Notre Dame and Cincinnati before that, and Grand you know Grand Valley State. I mean, he's he's won wherever he's been. Uh, you know, got Jaden Daniels in, former Arizona State quarterback, and a guy that was exceptionally good as a true freshman. Was not very good the last couple of years at Arizona State, and you know obviously they had a lot more things going on underneath the surface there as well that probably impacted some of that. But he's a good quarterback. You look at you know defensively, and B.J. Ojolari is, is a, an outstanding pass rusher. This is an LSU defense that's going to have some guys that can run on, on the other side of the ball. And so um, they're pretty good against the run that front seven. And, and so if you're Auburn, uh, you've got to find a way to create plays in the passing game on Saturday. Taking a look at uh, this Auburn football team ahead of Saturday's game, and then, of course, a big game coming up against Georgia, the first road test. Uh, with all the uh, you know the questions about this football team, Jason, it's, it's still strange to think about the fact that they haven't even tried to handle a road environment just yet, right? We're talking about all these weaknesses and flaws, you might want to call them, for a football team. And any time you play away from your home stadium, those just multiply. It's, it's kind of wild that we're, now we're actually about to see kind of the effects of all that next week when Auburn hits the road for the first time. Yeah, and that's why we've talked about this this first five-game stretch being so important because you look and you know, four of your last seven are on the road when you're talking about going to Georgia, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Alabama. Um, that's four challenging games when you look at the, the way those teams have played this year, not to mention the environment that you go into. So, yeah, we, that's why we talked about these, you know, at a, you know, a, a must to be four and one to have a chance to really have a successful season. And um, it's still sitting there. It's still an, an opportunity. And, and, you know, you're capable of doing that on Saturday, but you're going to have to play much better. Did you get a couple of jump shots up before Auburn started basketball practice today? No, I didn't. I actually went over to a little fall baseball today. So okay. I did a little baseball. So, yeah, we got a little bit of everything going on right now. So I did a little baseball, Mark and uh, Nathan over at basketball. So we'll have plenty of things uh, going on this week. I know you still got the jump shot ready to rock and roll at any point. Tell us a little bit about the coverage you got there at AUTigers.com. Yeah, like I said, check us out at AUTigers.com, AuburnUndercover.com as well. And can also follow me on Twitter at ITATJ. We'll talk next week, Jason. Thanks for the time today. Thanks, guys.